The Weekly Driver Podcast receives support from americantrucks.com, your late model Silverado, Sierra, Ram, and F-150 online aftermarket retailer, bringing you all of the hottest parts from accessories to lift kits, from wheels to tires and winches. americantrucks.com has the knowledge and know-how to make your wildest dreams come to reality. Visit americantrucks.com for your chance to win $17,760 in upgrades for your truck. Welcome to episode 20 of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea, and I am the editor and publisher of theweeklydriver.com, and I'm an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group. My co-host, as always, is Bruce Aldrich, and this week, being the last week of the year, we're going to talk about a variety of things, things that we would like for the automotive industry to do or consider in 2018. And then at the end of the podcast, we're going to talk about what happens every year. Every year, the manufacturers say, you know, we've had this car for a while and the sales are down or we've gone in a new direction. So every year, there's cars that you just don't see after the new calendar year. Usually it doesn't happen exactly at the end of the calendar year, but this year, there's more than 20 cars that had 2017 models that won't be made in 2018. So we're going to get into that kind of uh, routine at the end, and, and that'll be our uh, final part of the episode. But Bruce, how are you? And uh, hope you had a good Christmas and hope the New Year's is coming up for you guys. And we're all going to have uh, health and, and, and well-being in 2018. Gosh, well said. I, I hope we're all healthy and still kicking through the end of 218. Anyway, uh, yes, uh, some cars are we're happy to see go, and others uh, not so much. I know the Viper, I don't like to see that one go, but uh, we talk about uh, the Chevy Spark EV, and <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to see it go. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. Well, let, let's, we'll get back to that at, at the end, and we'll go through some of these cars, that we, some, of which, some of which we've driven, some of which we kind of wish we had driven, and some we couldn't care less about, but... We'll, we'll go through those toward the end of the episode, but you know, there's been something that's been bugging me for years, and, and you guys have, um, my other friends who have cars have wondered this, and you and I have talked about it, but I finally got the answer, and I've always wondered why every car can't have a rear window windshield wiper, and I never knew why, and I looked it up the other day, and, and you know, they're on SUVs, they're on hatchbacks, and of course, that's part of the reason, so I forwarded an article to you the other day, so enlighten me as you see it why every car can't have a rear window windshield wiper well you know that's one thing until i got a rear windshield <laughs> wiper i never really cared about it. i didn't look out the back window that yeah, much yeah. but uh when i got one uh it's on a it's on a subaru outback uh i really enjoy it uh, right. it's nice to hit that thing and clean up the back window but i think the what the answer is is uh, sedans have a sloped back window, and particularly SUVs, wagons have a pretty much uh, horizontal to the ground rear window that uh, doesn't get cleaned off uh, in the wind turbulence. So it stays dirty and the, the water stays on it, so you can't see out unless there is a windshield wiper. Yes. The sedans, they stay relatively clean. Yeah, I think also I read that, that there with a sedan... Um, I'm guessing now being a smaller area that they also have difficulty getting the mechanism and the space of where the window is. And, and I thought that those would be a pretty cheap 
uh, mechanism to install, but apparently they're not that cheap, and it's kind of an expensive thing, and you have to have a certain amount of area to do it. I don't know if that quite washes. Well, I, I've heard that excuse. I, yeah. I think it's probably true. You'd want to mount that motor up near the rear window at the bottom, yes, and that would intrude into your uh, interior room for the uh, trunk, yes, and you'd be banging your golf club on that motor back there, yes, and it would intrude uh, on the the space so that could be true too that that answers that topic and and i think it's safe to say that nobody in 2017 was more in the news in the automotive world for good or for bad depending up you know how you think about this person and that's elon musk and my concern is that if he has introduced um he realized that his tesla was still an elitist car and if he wanted to have a car that the so-called average person can buy he, he's been wanting this car for years. It's still not up, up for production. They still don't have any great answers. They've had all kinds of problems with it. And yet he has been very boastful, particularly in the last few months, about uh, you know a, a, a pickup truck, a, uh, a new roadster that's going to be the fastest production car ever. He's got all these grandiose plans with his cars and with his rocket program that my concern is, is when is this diversion going to stop and he's going to focus on this car that he's been promising for years? Right. Uh, he he kind of reminds me of the Motor Corporation and their flying car that's been on the cover of uh, Boy's Life and Popular Mechanics for the last yes. 25 years, <laughs> and it never never happened. Well, I don't know if this guy's in the same boat or not, but, uh, you know, he, he did make one car. I'm not sure if it's completely a viable car. Is he making money on it, you know, with the, the government uh, kind of subsidizes it? If yes. it was in the real marketplace, would anybody buy the thing? A few, I guess, but he'd probably already be out of business by now if he didn't have more money than uh, just about everybody. Yeah, he's got more money he's than He's got than money Gates. to lose, so he's losing money. Yeah, so as we discussed, I think, once before, um, how long, uh, what will the backlash be if, if the car that he has planned doesn't come out in 2018 and he's got 500,000 or more reservations at a grand a piece, that's $500 million. It's just kind of in limbo. What's That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for this guy to be you know, blowing off rockets and, and making the proclamations that, yeah, I've spent this much money on this rocket, and it's probably going to crash. I mean, he came out with that about three weeks ago, that don't be surprised if this one crashes too. Well, if I had a $1,000 deposit, I could probably afford $1,000 if I was in that kind of market for the car. But nonetheless, it's still a grand. And how much faith would you have in the guy if he's Talking about his blowing up rockets. I don't get it. I, I'm still waiting for his tunnels underneath the uh, freeway down there in L.A. Was that the 404 or something? Yeah, he's got that idea too. So Yeah, so I'll, once the tunnel's built, maybe then the cars can follow. Very good very good call on, on our, our best friend, Elon Musk, who we've never met. <laughs> just today I heard in the news that now he's announced uh, that he wants to produce a pickup truck. That's right. And so yeah, he there's not enough things to do. He's he's gonna do them all. You're right. I, I I think we agree that we're we're seeing this as a diversionary tactic. That I'll I'll put the emphasis over on these things that haven't happened. But meanwhile, I'm gonna get all the attention off of this thing that's really gone haywire. It seems to have been not organized well. And maybe people will focus on these other things that I've had these ideas on and. Don't, they, don't worry so much about this other little piddly ass thing I have, and I just have five hundred million dollars in a bank account somewhere. Yeah, um, yeah. I, 
we're all saying negative stuff about him. He's, yeah. done, he's done some pretty cool things. He has. And, uh, he's, he's built cars. You know, I've, I've done a tour of his factory there in uh, in the Bay Area. Yes. And it's it's impressive. Uh, he's hiring people. That's good. Putting people to work. So. He also laid off 400 uh, a while back. Oops. Okay. Yeah, but that's okay, too. So in, in that line of, uh, in that vein of thinking, we... We also have talked about, at least I've written about, and we've talked about a number of times, this guy named Paul Elio, who has this three-wheel vehicle. They haven't even said it it's a, whether it's a car or whatever you want to call it. And it's also never come to fruition. We've seen three or four levels of prototypes. And he once again promised 1,500 jobs in Louisiana. He promised this and he promised that. And he got secondary sponsors and third-level sponsors. Pep Boys was going to go in, and they were going to provide uh, some parts of the, uh, the I don't know, something about the car that Pep Boys was involved with. And that's never happened, of course. So when in 2018 is Paul Elio going to say, I'm sorry, I've lost all this money, and the car's never going to happen? Well, he's, he's like the Mueller Corporation. <laughs> I think it's time to... Uh, Throw in the towel. Yeah, I, I saw his prototype down there at the LA Auto yeah. Show. Not this and, year it wasn't, but last year. Yeah, and yeah. this thing was, it was rough, people. It was, you know, it was a soapbox derby car by <laughs> a group of Boy Scouts. Yes. It, it was not a prototype, per se. I mean, it, it was a part of his Ponzi scheme or whatever he's got going. Right. And then on his level, I think he only had 65,000 reservations, and it was the minimum was a hundred. And the maximum was a thousand, but if uh, as you put more into the deposit, you could, you know, there were more promises. You'd get the first pick, or you'd get one of the first thousand produced, and there was all these promises. So whether you put in a hundred or a thousand, it looks like you've you've lost it pretty much at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if this guy sells like diet pills too. You right. know, elixir. Make make a bunch of promises, yeah. and uh, there's people who want to believe, and they'll. They'll try it. Yeah, you want to believe. That's that's a good... Yeah, you want to believe that this is going to be a car that gets 84 miles to the gallon and it's going to cost you $8,500 and your life's going to be set, except, let's face it, it's probably not going to happen. No. Okay. No, no. All right. So we take care of these two uh, eccentrics, if we will, in, in, the, in, the, motor, in the automotive world. Uh, and then, of course, as drivers, we both are getting older now and we both notice things when we're driving. Um, for me, we've talked about how our night vision has changed if we're out with our wives that's or friends. Sure. And, and yeah. you know, that's changing. And, and how the driving habits to me, maybe it's part of getting older and our reaction times are a little slower. But I've noticed an increase in people who are do, just doing crazy things on the road. And the most, the craziest, if you will, is people who think that they don't have to ever use their turn signal. Now, have you noticed Maybe it's young whippersnappers who are playing video games and said, I saw this on a video game. Screw it. I just get to do what I want to do. <laughs> People haven't been using turn <laughs> signals since the day they invented them, James. Right. I think you got to get with it. <laughs> Either that or get over it. One of yeah. the two. But, I mean, have you noticed an increase in that or is it just, is it just in my mind? I think it's the same. It's I, the same. I, okay. I don't see it as worse. You know, okay. But every car, there's no car that doesn't have a turn signal, right? right every car's right. got one. Required so equipment. That's my that's my on my wish list for 2018. That as I my eyesight gets a little worse and my reaction time gets a little slower, that if people were watching out for me, which they're not, that they would use their turn signal. It's every man for themselves out there. It's 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 the wild wild west or east or south or north wherever you are. Um, so 
Okay, that's that one's on me, and I'll take the hit on that one. That's just okay. I'll have to be the more next, of a defensive next. Next, next, defensive driver. That one's on me. So the other big topic, and maybe we'll do a full episode on this, is January first, the marijuana laws change in California. In California, we're another uh, dope dope state now. Another dope state now. And um, do you think, or have you read, or do you know anything about how that will affect? If you get stopped by a police officer, um, and if it's a combination of alcohol and marijuana or prescription drugs and marijuana or all three, have you read anything about or do you have a sense of how this might change in 2018? Well, I've, yeah, I've talked to a, a CHP uh, yeah. officer, Sergeant. Um, the part of the problem is with, with alcohol, there's an objective test, which is the breathalyzer or you can, in your blood, um, they can test the percentage of alcohol in your system and i think in all states there is a set limit on what they consider driving you know, intoxicated yes. yes and there's a number that's objective you know a electron a machine does this yes. or a, it's a test the problem with uh, right now there isn't nothing for uh, marijuana so mm-hmm. yes they there's subjective tests uh, for marijuana uh, but at what point is how much marijuana is too much? Yes. And that hasn't been set. So it's got to be a little more tickly on arresting somebody for that. When yes. are they under the influence? There's going to be way more wiggle room yes. for lawyers right now for marijuana intoxication than there is for, say, alcohol. So I wonder if the, if, if there will be an increase. And again, just I'm trying to get educated on this a little bit. If you have a certificate that you're using marijuana for a medical purpose and you get pulled over and maybe you forgot to put on your turn signal in a really dangerous area or you ran a stoplight or a stop sign or you turned uh, left in a straight in a straight lane and, and didn't go into the left-hand turn lane and the guy, the police officer or CHP officer, whomever stops you and said, I smell marijuana and you produce your marijuana medical certificate, would that change as opposed to somebody who doesn't have one? I don't think that'll change, no. Okay. Um, it's just, the question is, were you impaired? Yes. And it, the, it doesn't matter how you are impaired. It doesn't matter. Well, no. especially now, it's legal, right? Right. So, who cares? If you take too many pills, you know, right. it doesn't matter Tiger why, why you took Tiger. them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're impaired, you're impaired, and you they throw you in the, the clink. Right. So... I think what we'll do in, in 2018 at some point is we'll get a couple of experts and we'll interview experts on how they how they view this and, and how the objectivity, perfect word that you used, how that will change into subjectivity when somebody gets pulled over. How will they, is it going to be? The other way around. <laughs> when the cop, when you're weaving in the lane subjectively, you're something's wrong with you. Right. Now, how do you make it stick in court? Thank you. Yeah. And so that's, that's for, is that going to be? Case by case, is it going to be? We don't know yet. We don't. Right, know. it'll be case by case. And it'll, it'll be hey, case but then you think about it too. There's, look at there's all kinds of pills you can be on. You can sleep deprivation. Yeah. There's a thousand ways to be impaired. And are we worried about that? No. So really, why should we maybe be worried about the marijuana issue? It's just oh, one I, more impairment. Whoopie do. We've got plenty of them already. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. I hadn't really thought it through that way. The other thing is, like we say, is the the big one is alcohol, and right. we do have a we do have an objective right. test for that, but that's the only one. And and 
I don't expect you to know this, but maybe maybe you, when you talk to your friend or, or your acquaintance about this, what and have, I don't really know the answer personally. I don't know the mix of alcohol and marijuana together. Does that make it a one or one equals three? I don't know. Well, that's maybe that's for the experts. Yeah, let, let that one go. That's a cocktail. <laughs> I haven't had that cocktail. Okay, all right, that's a cocktail. All right, so um, I guess good time to transition into the the cars. Um, that we can say to, goodbye to after 2017. And there's, there's probably more than this, but I found 21 um, cars, or, or maybe in a, in a certain manufacturer there's, there's more than one car, but 21 total that I found from cars that are very surprising to cars that, as we said, mentioned earlier, cars that we're just happy to see go. And again, talk about subjective. You know, one man's piece of junk might be another guy's sure. car that he always wanted. But, um, you know, there's a good place to start. I did it alphabetically, but in the BMW world, uh, the BMW 5 Series GT and the BMW 6 Series Coupe. A few years ago, I drove the 6 Series Coupe. I don't know if we were doing car reviews. or I, Yeah, I drove it. And, and, and I, it, was, it was horrible. It was horrible. Yeah. It was, it's it's kind of like the, uh, the other one that's... Uh, been taken off the list for uh, is the QX70 Infinity. It's yes. that, it's a, it's a sort of a slope fastbacky type car, really made for two people, but yes. uh, sort of a two plus two. Um, they just uh, it's just sort of a niche vehicle. Yes, and and the sales must be really low. I would assume because yeah. on both of those brands, I mean, Infinity generally is a fine car, and BMW. If you like BMWs, they're very fine cars, but these two. Uh, trims or these two um, models of those two uh, manufacturers are, are pretty bleak even in the yeah. high-end price range yeah they're just they don't seem like good cars they're just, just other things that are got more utility look better yes so you you made some notes on a few of them that you that you had some familiarity with or that we've driven through the years and so what 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 do you well, have to well, say about that? Well, there's some cars I'm surprised at like the Nikon Nissan Quest it, yes it's the, it's the minivan yes um, I never drove it, um, and you don't see many. No. But the reason why, I think, Honda Odyssey, Toyota Sienna, and then, uh, of course, the Dodge Caravan. I don't know that the Caravan is that great, but it has some unique features. So I think, I guess the other vans just put it down. They just weren't selling that that Nissan Quest. And maybe then they have the uh, Nissan Murano. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yes. maybe fills the void. It has the same 3.5 liter. Yes. Six in it. So that could be a, a car that takes the place of the Quest until they get around to building a new one. Yes. The Jeep Patriot. Uh, you know, I, I never thought much of it. Uh, no. Kind of a noisy tin can, uh, rattly, not very powerful, and uh, maybe not so bad. But then you think of the Honda CRV or the Kia Sportage, and it blows the, the, the Patriot away. Right. So maybe that's what happened. They blew it away. They <laughs> blew it away. Um, I'm a big fan of, of uh, Hyundai, and but we noticed that uh, Hyundai Azera hatchback and the Hyundai Azera, both of those varieties are, are gone after 2017. Um, you know, they, they as as has Kia, the Hyundai has really improved, and they get pretty good ratings now in JD Power and other another uh, analytical companies. But I guess those two cars from Hyundai just didn't. There's just maybe there's too many Hondas from which to choose. That could be. The hatchbacks just aren't real big sellers over here. I guess in, in European countries, they're they're a big deal, but not so much in uh, 
the states. I know the, uh, the that Ford C Max. You know, another, yes. another har- uh, hatchback. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this was the not all Ford C Maxes are leaving. Just the Ford C Max Energy. Yes, another another car that had good expectations, but the the public just didn't go for it. Nah. Um, well, and and you've been a big uh, Mercedes Benz guy. Your wife's had one for for a number of years, and so you have uh, a lot of knowledge about Mercedes. And so again, it's the B class EV. They just people just weren't won over <laughs> by an no. electric Mercedes, right? No, they weren't. Uh... <laughs> You know, it's EVs are still a niche vehicle, especially you now in California. They're trying all kinds of things here right. because they, there's a mandate by I don't know what it is like 2025 yes. or something that you know 90 percent of the cars will have to be electric in uh, in California. So the, the manufacturers are trying different cars here, and uh, some of them don't work out. No, um, the other one that we noticed is that the. And it's surprisingly enough, I read a story about it. It's the Volkswagen Touareg. Now, on the name alone, it just, not that all the names are great of every car, but some are better than others. And, and that name, I read a couple of stories on the different, maybe Edmonds or Kelly Blue Book, that the name alone was a horrible choice. And that people just, they said, what the hell is a Touareg? You know? So on that, on that basis alone, it had... It's a pretty poor sense. Yeah, probably a lousy name. Nobody could pronounce it, right? It's right. T- Touareg. Yeah, Touareg. But it looks like... Uh, it could well, be anything. You could uh, pronounce it, you know... Turagi or Turag something. Turag or, or a whole bunch of things. It's kind of like my last name, Rhea. You sure. Know? Yeah, unless you know it, you don't, you're never going to know it. Turag, Turag, however we say it, see you later. Yeah, hey, see you later on this other car that both of us just love, the Nissan Juke. Oh yeah, yeah it, it was. It always got our top style points. <laughs> right, it did. And again, we don't know exactly why, but um, maybe uh, just maybe again, it's also part of the name where there's just so many of those little uh, uh, entry, not entry level, but small SUVs uh, crossovers on the market. I, that, I think the kids just stopped buying them. Yeah, kids just stopped buying them. And I think they were ugly anyway. So right, and of course, Good there's, there's a couple of higher end cars that. And once I drove, I, I had one uh, nice press trip with Rolls Royce. But you know how many how many cars does Rolls Royce sell per year? And and um, so they're going to say goodbye to the Rolls Royce Phantom Coupe and the Drophead Coupe. I mean, I think I've seen one of them. I've never don't really ever seen. Them. I've never seen one. So <laughs> I will, uh, yeah, I'm not going to miss those. No, I'm not going to miss them because we don't. We've never. I've been in the. I've been in the. Uh, what was the other one? The Rolls Royce Wraith, which was phenomenal. But that's a whole different, a whole different uh, episode for some time. It's a, you know, a, a fancy car and, and overpriced. But people who like them like them, and other the rest of us never even see one. Sure. So, and then the Range Rover Evoque, another odd name. Uh, Quirky looks. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 not enough windows. You're inside it. You feel like you're in a cave. Right. Hard to see out of. You know, poor sight lines. Yeah, I don't know. On some of these niche cars, if. You know, if you if you're looking at a uh, a regular Honda Accord and it's going to sell, I don't know, three hundred thousand a year, whatever the numbers are. If you're in one of these cars, how many? I, I know the the prevailing thought is if nobody wanted them, they wouldn't build them. So that's what we're coming around to. They they built them and nobody wanted them. Or what do they? What, how many Range Rover Evokes could they possibly sell in a year or expect to sell? I don't know. Right. Well, they got to keep trying things, right? You, yeah. You try things. Some some things work. Some don't. Right. Uh, a few other cars on the list. I think you and I both agree that 
We're not the biggest fans of Mitsubishi throughout the lineup. I've never really come around to Mitsubishi. Some of the bigger SUVs get pretty good ratings, but I've never been a Mitsubishi guy. So now the Mitsubishi Lancer. I always is, liked those cars. You always liked Back them. in the day. Back you in know, the day. I, I, the last 10 years, no thanks. There's yeah. so many good competitors that better built cars, but... Uh, Back in the day when they first came out, I thought they were they were pretty slick. They were a neat, a, a different alternative to the mainstream cars. And there is another niche car that we didn't uh, talk about, and you and I actually drove one a few years back, uh, the Smart 4-2. Uh, and that's gone. The electric version of that is still going to be sold in the United States, and that will be the only, if I read it correctly, the only smart car that will be sold in the U.S. will be the electric Okay, version. we drove the electric. electric. The electric was more, more smarter. Is more that smart, the word? Smarter, it was smarter. more fun than uh, than the actual gas vehicle. Yeah, and we had a blast with that in San Francisco. Was a yeah. Luckily, there was a guy from the car company in there with me. You were filming, if I remember correctly. We, we drove over to Golden Gate Park, and you guys yep. followed me in another yep. car. That was a lot of fun. And and you're right. I think that would be a niche EV uh, car to have as couldn't be your primary car i don't think but it would be a good weekend car or a grocery store car or something like that so but only the electric uh, version will be sold in the u.s and probably the only ones they'll sell will be in california right so the, a question about all these before we cover a couple other ones do you think that when cars or maybe you know when cars get discontinued do you think then you the manufacturers offer them as uh, with a big discount or do you think that hey uh the volkswagen Tourg is gone and I'll buy one now because in 25 years, it's going to be a collector's car. Because remember, back in the day, they made a Volkswagen Touareg. So does you think that that follows, or maybe with some of the cars, or it's just not worthy? I don't think it, it depends. You know, like, say, when Audi uh, started dropping their V8s and going to the um, the V6s, I think some guys wanted to, they would get the last year of the V8s. Yes. Uh, so there's some of that, but I don't think... There's enough demand that the manufacturers actually charge more for them. Yeah. The, the, the local dealers might think they can, but in the end of the day, they're going to have to unload them. And there's not any cars among the group that we mentioned that are like the Pontiac Aztec, where it's so ugly and so poorly built and has so much funkiness to it that they become kind of collector's items by default. None of these cars. I don't, don't see that. I guess if Mitsubishi had built the Juke, then maybe it would be the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The cheapest, ugly-looking car. <laughs> Good call there. Um, so there, are there any others we did? Oh, we, we kind of touched on a, a little bit the Honda Accord Coupe. Yes. Earlier. Um, That's kind of like, you know, the Honda Accord, you can buy it with a, I, with a manual transmission. Mm-hmm. So it's available for all five of you people in the U.S. that want one. <laughs> and yes. I think it's probably the same thing with the, the Coupe, you know. If you want to be sporty, you want to have a two-door, then are you going to buy an Accord to begin with? Good call. No, I, I think the sales must have been miserable. Okay, and, and the last one, I think you know much more about the Dodge Viper than I know. And I know it's come and gone a few times, and it has. But when they come out, the people who are into Vipers will go get one. And it's always been, for a while, I think it was the fastest or the quickest production car made. It's probably been surpassed now, but... What do you know about the Dodge Viper? And it's pretty, pretty much no surprise that it's gone. Well, it surprises me, I think. Yeah. That massive 10-cylinder uh, motor, 
Great fun to drive. I took a driving school in in one of those things, mm-hmm. and and it drives like a smaller car. It, it does all right. You just you can't believe how heavy that thing is, but it doesn't feel like it when you're behind the wheel and fast. Oh boy. Anyhow, um, it's had a couple of hiatuses in the past where yes. it skipped a year or two. Yes. So I'm thinking it's just going to skip a year or two. Make it a little bit better or tweak it somehow, but it'll still be a Dodge Viper. Yeah, maybe the used market is starting to slip, so they, they yeah. stop it a year to bolster that up. Okay. Well, great. I think that was we, – we covered a lot of bases in this episode. And, and, you know, 2018, I'm sure that we'll – you and I will go to a few shows, maybe, if we're lucky, and start doing some reviews, and we'll have our podcasts continuing, and who knows what 2018 is going to bring, but we're, we're Autonomous still, cars. Yeah, autonomous cars. We, well, we're, we're up in the air about that, but we, and we might have different opinions about that. I think, well, I think you and I kind of agree that there's a long way to go, I think, in, in that it's area. a long way to go. A long way to go. When it shifts, it's going to be <laughs> it's gonna, monumental so we'll, well, maybe the way we'll go, we drive or we'll, don't drive. We'll get some industry experts on in the future and talk about that. So thank you for joining us on Episode 20 of the Weekly Driver Podcast. Don't forget to visit my website, theweeklydriver.com, and we have a new feature on that website. You can sign up for our podcast in a whole variety of different formats from email to all of the podcast uh, major platforms. So we've made it a lot easier to sign up and get our podcasts. We appreciate your support and we'll be talking to you next week. For Bruce Aldrich, see you then. The Weekly Driver Podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com, your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today for your chance to win a 2018 Mustang RTR Spec 3.